Hello, hello. Welcome back to The Fool and the Page, a podcast for writers, the tarot curious, and for all of us, making stories to make sense of things. Hosted by me, Claire Campbell, your fellow seeker and storyteller. This is a special bonus episode this week, an interview for y'all, which I am just pleased as punch to share. This conversation is with the dynamic duo that is Where on the River, my friends and intrepid seekers, Ellen Gass and Gina McKinley. Real quick update before the episode, I am doing full moon readings at a special sales price on June 14th, the strawberry moon. So head over to bluestonewriters.com to register for yours. I'm looking forward to sharing that magic with you. Back to Where on the River. Ellen and Gina, they are my friends from college, my neighbors, and just really cool, brave, kind, curious people who in their professional lives are true champions for the natural environment. Ellen works in conservation. Gina works for local government, focusing on zero waste. I mean, (laughs) these two, they're really out there fighting to protect the planet, combat climate crisis, and you know, just look out for the resources that we both desperately need and also really enjoy spending time in, the great outdoors. These two have signed up for this incredibly taxing, (laughs) incredibly environmentally taxing canoe race, the Texas Water Safari. What is the Texas Water Safari? I'm going to read to you from the website where they quote Larry Rice of Canoe and Kayak magazine. Yes. Larry says, They don't call the Texas Water Safari the world's toughest canoe race for nothing. In addition to the length, the challenges include whitewater rapids, multiple portages, and the relentless, soul-sapping Texas heat. Competitors have four days and four hours to paddle from San Marcos in the center of the state to the shy little town of Seadrift on the Gulf Coast. There is no prize money for the winners, just Texas-sized bragging rights for the finishers. In my reading with Gina and Ellen, we asked the tarot about the race to come, what selves they're summoning to do this damn thing, along with what allies are stepping forward to help them when the going gets tough. And we pulled 10 of pentacles and nine of cups. So I encourage you to look up these cards or pull them from your own deck. I'm looking at the Aquarian deck for the reading. I think the most inspiring thing I took away from our conversation was how Gina and Ellen's friendship has evolved in tackling this insane adventure together and how, while their individual views on why they wanted to do this in the first place may have shifted and not always in the same direction, they've come together with this really unified purpose. And it made me feel really grateful for the creative advocates and teammates that I have in my life. These Ebbs and flows that Gina and Ellen talk about in preparing for this race are so akin to the creative process, and we really need teammates for that. Plus, they talk about these magical encounters in the wild, and it felt to me like the milestones are moments of wonder that punctuate our creative process and can feel so welcome when we're really just worn out. So we talked about being really present with the journey And Ellen articulated that so well, how she says so often we're trying to plan for the next mile instead of paddling the one we're in. I mean, gorgeous. Couldn't we all stand to paddle the mile we're in 
instead of planning for the next. And then Gina had this really grounding phrase inspired by Ten of Pentacles, the canoe is our castle. So inspired by these two, I encourage you to think of the vessels in your own life that help you take on the challenges you want to take on and the people who help you power that vessel with their hand on your back and how we really just can't take that for granted. I'm so glad to be here with y'all this morning, and I can't wait to talk about Ten of Pentacles and Nine of Cups, these cards that we've pulled in rather uncanny fashion for your questions about the coming race. First of all, you know, in the intro, for our listeners, you've heard a kind of like soundbite, but I'm really curious for our interviewees today if you could tell us like why you've decided to go on this crazy wild adventure, Ellen, do you want to go first? Like why, why did you want to do this? <laughs> um, I, I keep asking myself that at this point, it's getting harder to, to remember uh, the sequence of events, but I mean, in practicality, basically we had heard about this a few years ago and said, we should do that. And then this year we just went like, this is the year, like, let's try it out. And basically once we bought a boat, we were like, okay, we're in. Um, but kind of on the, the background side of it, it's like, I love, I love challenging myself. I love physical challenges. Um, you know, I, I threw a hike to the Appalachian trail. I've run marathons. I did my first duathlon this year. Um, like it, I like, seeing what my body can do, even if it kind of hurts, I guess. Um, and this, it just, the more it, it, it's like, if you have that drive, the more you read about this race, the more you're like, yeah, I want to, I want to see if I can survive that. Like, I want to see if I can do it. And it gets like, it kind of becomes like a little worm in your head where you're like, like, I want to test myself. I want to do it. But then like, as we started training for it and as we started meeting the community around it, um, especially coming out of COVID where I felt like I hadn't made friends in a couple of years, I felt like I didn't really know how to talk to people in social situations. Like there was this great community that we just kind of jumped in and welcomed us with like open arms and gave us encouragement and advice and competition and just made us want to continue to be a part of it. So then there's that, like, it's not peer pressure, but it's, um, like a peer group that has been really fun to be a part of. And I think that has been encouraging, even when there were times where it's like, this seems too daunting. I don't know that we can do it, but it's like, ah, but I want to go see these like cool people. I want to, I want to get to know them better. I want to see if we can be a part of this. So I love that like extremely dramatic contrast with the lockdown experience physically and socially, like what you're talking about, like the total opposite. This just like explosion of life and sort of, whereas, you know, we've been in this mode and are still in this mode occasionally where we must and are always thinking about protecting the body you're talking about pushing yourself physically and also pushing yourself socially because I think we can all agree that we have like a different social barometer these days and we're never quite sure what's going to exhaust us. And you're talking about this like group full of strangers and 
relying on them for like help and advice and guidance, but also like forming all these new friendships in this weird avenue. I don't know. That's just, I like the, the extreme contrast there with, with lockdown life. Um, Gina, what would you like to add in terms of your desires to be a part of this thing? Your, the choice itself. Yeah, I mean, I think Ellen hit on a lot of notes that are very similar for me in terms of the why. Um, one thing I think I would add is uh, the other thing is we both turned 40 during the pandemic. And so uh, that is our boat number for the race, 40. And this is a, just an opportunity to kind of celebrate that milestone in life to go out and do this crazy thing. And I think the question of why did we sign up? I ask myself that all the time because lots of people are asking us that. And I don't really, I mean, I think like the boat, like once we bought the boat, we were committed. And, and I think there, there's reinforcement because clearly we could, we could drop out at any time, but the process and the journey of preparing for this race, like everything just reinforces that we should do it. The people we're, we're meeting, like the, the confidence that others are, seemingly have in us to do this thing has been really wonderful. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just challenged. Similarly for me, I like to challenge myself. I like to, to push myself to my limits um, and see what I can achieve because I think we can achieve great things, any of us. And sometimes we just don't take the, the time and step to, to push ourselves in that way. And I really like doing that personally. And I can't imagine pushing myself in this way with any other person than Ellen. <laughs> I, I totally have to agree to, to that. I can't imagine doing this race with anyone other than Gina. The Texas landscape, no matter where you are in the state, is not necessarily like the easiest, mildest, sweetest landscape, right? It's like Texas is both the land of like in, incredible like vistas full of wildflowers so thick that like you think it's a body of water right it's both this place of like insanely gorgeous landscapes and then it's also this place of just danger of like sharp thorns and stinging things I feel like you're always thinking about the landscape in different ways in your nine to five lives and then you spend a lot of time outdoors you both love the outdoors you spend a lot of time hiking you're well acquainted with the outdoors in Texas, right? How has the race and how has preparing for the race rather changed your relationship to the Texas landscape? I'd say for me, I haven't spent a ton of time on this, like this particular stretch of river within Texas, the Guadalupe in particular. Um, and there's been many times where we've, you know, we paddled by a deer that wasn't startled by us and just sat on the banks and kind of looked us in the eye. Or we've had um, a variety of like the wildlife that have followed us for like 40 miles. We think there are spirit guides. I don't know, but we've ducks have stayed with us for literally 40 miles. Um, but it's been really great to get out and see that wild part of Texas. We rarely see other people and it's, it's a get, it's such a gift. Um, and for me to see, see more of Texas waterways. So that's something that's very different for me. I'm not someone who has spent a lot of time other than like rec short recreational kayaks or canoes. So that for me has been wonderful just to explore new wild places in Texas. I, I think one of the challenges in Texas 
And one of the things I'm really lucky with in my job is that I get to go places that other people don't get to go, but it can be really difficult in Texas to find outdoor spaces that aren't full of people, which is great that people are out there. Like that's the best. Um, cause we all, you know, if we don't, if we aren't recreating, if we aren't in the environment, we aren't going to care about it. We aren't going to vote for it. We aren't going to protect it. Um, but sometimes you are like, oh man, I just, I just want to be out by myself someplace. And, and yeah, I'm like, Gina, it's been a decade since I did any kind of major river trips. And even at that, they weren't that challenging or hard stuff like in big bend. Um, and so getting to spend time on the river, I, we were talking about it just the other day where I, in this raw state have been feeling like a lot of anxiety and there's some other stuff going on that just has kind of like changed the way my like week before the race is looking and just, I've been having some hard times kind of processing and managing my time and energy. And then we got on the water and I was like, ah, I mean, it just felt like, like a sigh, like snuggling in. And, and I was like, man, if we could just paddle all the time, this would be like, my mental health would be great. And like Gina was saying, just echoing that, like we had a blue heron that guided us for like 25 miles and would, would fly down a little bit and we would paddle and would fly down a little bit and pat and he just stuck with us or she stuck with us all day. And it was, it was so nice. Like it was it, these encounters that you can't, that are kind of magical and you don't, you don't get every day. We've asked a couple questions of the tarot this morning in advance of your race on Saturday. First question we asked was sort of in your multitudes of self, what parts of yourselves do you need to summon for this adventure? We pulled 10 of pentacles and I think a lot of listeners will agree. This is a a card that folks are oftentimes really excited to pull, uh, Ten of Pentacles in particular is interesting considering that we have been chatting about the physical realm, both like the body and and the landscape, both the nature that y'all are immersing yourselves in and also um, simply the the physicality of your of your own experience in your body doing this race. So this is perfect for Pentacles. I think this card is particularly interesting considering the sort of preparatory aspect that y'all have been talking about feeling kind of raw at this stage. Um, but, but when we think about like the parts of ourselves that we need to summon, well, tens are usually an indication that you're ready to complete a cycle. The 10 is, is the harvest. It is the full moon. It is the end. And it's also the beginning. And I would say that this is both a beautiful reminder that you have prepared, you have worked, you have gathered, you have, you know, essentially like built this castle that we see um, on the beach, uh, on the mountain, you know, whatever the card looks like, whatever deck you're using. 
And then I would also argue, because we're looking at the Aquarian deck, what's interesting about the Aquarian deck is that you have a family looking at this castle, and then you have a child who is turned away from the castle. I always look at the child because I think the child is this really interesting reminder to focus on the moment, to really be in the present, because they are not at the castle yet. This family is looking at it from beneath this archway, crowned in pentacles. They are not actually there. They're standing together in their little cohort, looking out at the castle, at the sky surrounding the castle. The child is sort of like, you know what? I'm not there yet. I'm here. What is it like to be here? What were your thoughts on this as a response to this question of summoning certain parts of yourselves for this race? Ellen, why don't... Why don't you go ahead? Is there anything you're feeling that's resonating with you? So one, I, I love the idea of it being the harvest of, of the work that we've done. Um, I think it's, I, I feel simultaneously like I am unprepared and like I have prepared as much as I can possibly prepare, um, which is a weird dichotomy to sit in of like, my instinct is to like, I can do more. I can make another spreadsheet. I can, we can paddle one more time. Um, but I really do think that as, as much as we could have, we have, we have prepared. Um, and so it is nice that image of, you know, these aren't training runs anymore. This isn't packing anymore. This is just the harvest and the harvest being a joyful time. But one of the the other thing, like everything you said about the child has really resonated with me of that finding that childlike joy while we're doing it. Um, Cause it, it, it has come in waves of like when we started just this like new adventure joy, and then you kind of start getting into the, the, like the slog and, and you're, you're missing your weekends and you're missing sleep and it gets a little bit harder and it gets physically a little bit harder. And then we'd have a race and we'd like jump back up because we're like around all these people and we get all energized. And so it's kind of had these ebbs of flow and flow of, of joy and of challenge. And this, this being the, the epitome of joy, this being the, like, be in the moment, like key into that inner child and just have the adventure. And like, not overthink it while we're doing it. Cause I do think that I can, I can do that. I can overthink and be trying to plan for the next mile instead of paddling the one I'm in. I mean, Ellen, this articulation of just simply the 10 energy is so on point because I think if we look at the 10 in any suit, we are seeing something that just says you're done, be here. I mean, in 10 of wands, it's like, lay down your burdens, right? In 10 of cups, it's like, you've reached the rainbow, you're home, you're home, like just be home. And even in 10 of swords, <laughs> which I know can look painful and scary depending on your deck, it's kind of like, just let it go already. Even if it's like, even if the cards are telling you like, let it go, take a nap. There's still this celebratory energy that's like, you've arrived. And I think that's very present in 10 of pentacles. But I would say that what you're talking about is like such a beautiful articulation of tens across the suits. It's like, be here. No, you, no you're here. Be here. You've got, you've done it. You've arrived. Um, Jeans, what about you? What are you feeling? 
when I first saw the castle, just the imagery and you're talking, thinking about the harvest and this is the resource of plenty, I kind of had this imagery of our, our canoe as the castle, like the canoe as our castle. We just yesterday loaded it up with everything. So we kind of simulated this is what it's going to look like when we take off on Saturday morning. Um, and it was surprisingly lighter than we expected. Um, and I think in our heads, it was just going to be so heavy, which is, I think, a lot about kind of how we're thinking about this race, like all this anxiety and fear and, you know, everything in between. And just that kind of thought of like this, the canoe is our castle and it is much lighter and much more manageable than we thought it would be. Um kind of resonated with me. Also the child, we've also had this conversation of um, making sure that when we embark on this adventure, it's, it is a long journey. It's, you know, 260 some miles and making sure that we take the time to enjoy the journey. So the child to me is kind of a reminder of that. So not to be focused on, we have to get to this checkpoint by this time, which are realities of the competition, but to try to as much as we can to let that go and really just enjoy the journey to get there. Gina, I love this sort of, I mean, we're, our second card is about a mantra, but I feel like 10 of pentacles is responding to that question as well, because you phrased it beautifully. The boat is your home. The boat is your castle. Like the canoe is your castle. What a great mantra in itself to just sort of, not only a reminder of like, the resources and the strength and the power that you have, like as a team in this vessel, but also as a really deep and powerful reminder of what is here and what is present while you are paddling. We are, we are literally home because this is our home. This is our castle. Like what a gorgeous mantra that you've, that you've just stated. But we did ask specifically about a mantra. Our second question for the tarot was who, who is our ally when the going gets tough and how can that offer a kind of mantra and we drew nine of cups which as I know some listeners will agree this is a bit of like a fuzzy card in the sense that I think a lot of the interpretations surrounding this card are perhaps more open-ended on a collective level I think that um there are cards in the tarot that everybody's like yep this is what it means. And, and collectively, there's a lot of thematic overlap. This is one of those that I find online. People are always like, what does this mean? Or in podcasts, uh, hosts will, will, will sort of admit that this is one of those fuzzier cards. In Nine of Cups, we tend to see a figure with nine cups behind them. And some people theorize they're selling these nine cups. Uh, some people theorize that this is a person who's collected these nine cups and they're not really aware that they're there. And then we'll see really interesting interpretations that have nothing to do with the cups. And we'll see a huge body of water with a frog on the shore. And so I think the sort of like wild variation in illustrations and interpretations is an indication that this is a very malleable card is what I'm, is the point that I'm getting to. I think this card for me often comes up around this notion of wishing for the ultimate thing and being comfortable 
with dreaming big and not making any apologies or excuses for dreaming big and wanting the best thing. Nine of Cups has no prefaces. It has no apologies. It has no excuses. It is just, I wish for this big thing. I mean, I, I feel like this is the, this is the message that I needed to hear right now because I, as, as Gina, as Gina and I have talked about, and she could tell you too, like my journey on goals for this race have been, have been, they've been very different from Gina's. So like when we first started, I was like, my goal is to show up at the start line because my goal can't be to finish it because that's too intimidating. Like it's so it's that's way far out of my comfort zone right now. So my goal is going to be to show up at the start line. And then as we have prepared for the race, I, I, I have hedged my bets is what it feels like where I'm like, it doesn't matter how far we go. Like I'm proud of us. I feel like we have done so good. Like we if we need to stop, we can stop and we will still be successful and we will still have done this. And like, I had a very similar attitude when I hiked the Appalachian trail where a lot of people, when they start are like, I'm through hiking the Appalachian trail. And I was like, I'm going to hike until I stop hiking because I don't (laughs) feel like I can say that yet because it feels like then I could fail. Like if I'm just hiking, then I can't fail. But if I'm like, I'm going all the way, then like that, that adds that, that like, well, you might, but you might not. And there's that, so just like you were saying, there's that little voice in my head being like, but you might not make it. So how are you going to prepare yourself if you might not make it? And, and this card just feels like permission to be like, my goal is to finish the race. Like I want to dream big and I want to, I, I want that to be what we strive for, like with every paddle is just like getting to the end and that's okay to dream big and that's okay to be excited about that and not feel like I have to hedge. Um, Cause even in this moment, I want to say another sentence that is hedging. Right. But I'm not going to say it. Right. <laughs> yes. This is progress. Right. Gina knows this is, yeah. She has had to listen to this the whole way. <laughs> pleased with the the cards I feel like they gave us what we needed to hear perhaps that we already knew but we just needed the cards to pull it out yeah I'm also just really excited about this exercise in general you know Gina and I have spent how many hours in the boat already over a hundred in the boat and countless others doing things not in a boat yeah. Driving and staying in hotels and, um, sewing, sewing like contraptions, fashioning yeah. like lights to like move through an alligator swamp or whatever. Yeah. It, it has been really nice. And I think it's, it's been that this is good for us to like take a step back with someone else and just talk about some of the big picture of like, why do we want to do this? Like, do we think we can do it? You know, all of that, those big picture talks that like we have gotten away from a little bit recently because we've been in the minutia of, you know, yeah. How many, how many batteries do you have to take to run flashlights for how many lumens does it need to four have? nights? Like it's wild how how hard it is to plan for this. Um, so it has been like I feel lighter 
And Ellen, right there is just, I think, a really beautiful articulation of kind of what the tarot has to offer us as this reframing device, as this like form of cognitive therapy. It's like, we do overwhelming shit in our lives all the time that we can, it's very both and, we can love it. And at the same time, it can be really tough. Like I'm finishing a novel right now. Do I love it all the time? Absolutely not. Do I feel compelled to do it? Absolutely, yes. Do I love it sometimes? Is it in at times transcendent even, dare I say? 100% it is. But it's incredibly overwhelming. And to just sit down to the tarot and pull a card, pull a couple cards. And like you said, just like feel that kind of like lightening of the reframing, I think, is a really beautiful way to describe that. I'd just say, I think the best is ahead of us. Through this conversation, we've reflected on some of the parts of the preparation and the adventure in itself that bring us the most joy. Ellen, I know you've said just getting in the boat and like, I agree, just getting in the boat and paddling and then being kind of out there in the wild with who knows what we find. And that's can be exciting, sometimes frightening, but mostly exciting. And that that's what we have ahead of us. We've done a lot of hard work. We talked about the harvest and that this weekend, we just have to get in our boat. And then that's all we have to do. All of the training stuff of like loading it on and off and doing shuttles and making sure we have all the things. We don't have to do that anymore. All we have to do is get in our boat. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, thank yourself for taking this time out just for you to reflect on these wild journeys that we take in life. And thanks to Ellen and Gina for being here. If you want to follow Ellen and Gina's adventures on the river, follow them on Instagram at where on the river. You'll find that linked in the show notes. A member of their team will be posting updates during the race itself, which starts this Saturday, June 11th. Now keep in mind, the race lasts a long time. <laughs> they could still be paddling on the full moon, right? So if you're listening to this a little late, you might still be able to catch them. I wish them all the best of luck paddling their way to the coast um, beneath that ever-changing moon. I can't wait to hear about their adventure. And till next time, please take care of yourselves out there. And I wish you all the best in whatever challenges you have in the coming week. Bye-bye.